Hi, I'm Margaret Cho. You're listening to the Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. I am Jim Short. Jim, um, we're in Sacramento, um, California's capital, and we're here uh, with a a friend of ours from a long time ago. Deep in the mists. <laughs> Deep from the late Cenozoic era. We are here with Angayo Velum. Monsters of talk. Talk out with your cock out. I don't even know. Is, any, is that your slogan? Is that we, it, sh- it will be. It, can it will be. be. <laughs> yeah, we don't actually have a, have a slogan have a per slogan? se, but um, we should. Monsters of talk. Coming to eat your city. I don't know. I don't I'm know. Well, I think that's a good one. We met, um, Angaya and I met in the 80s. Um, early? Early 80s? Oh, gosh, I might have been early. It was, it was pretty pretty early on, and I, I was really young. I was on acid, um, which was really <laughs> weird. And so that it must have been like 82, 81 or 82. That was like... Was it of, that? Wow. It was the last time last times I did it, so it was like early 80s. Early. And so you you weren't that old back then. You must be pretty No, young. I was in high school yeah. or barely and then um, we're not even in even be not even in high school yet. Uh, you were in high school. Maybe? Yeah. Please. High Please. School. Let's 82, say you're in high school. Like if you're grade, doing acid. I was in ninth nine? grade. I was in ninth grade in 1982. Yeah. Class of 82. I just started high school, yeah. But I I was tripping and I met you like somewhere in the lower height at some party. Sure. And then um, were you doing comedy at that point? No, I was still in high school. We went to different high schools together, mm-hmm. right? You went to McIntyre. I went to Reardon in Mission. Uh-huh. And I didn't start comedy until 1988. Oh, okay. So, but so the question is, when did you start acid? I've never <laughs> done acid. That's the thing about me. Like people think I'm on all kind of drugs, and I'm really just on weed and mushrooms twice a year. I'm not on Wait, all the mushrooms drugs. Twi- <laughs> With, mushrooms. Uh, President's Day and <laughs> <laughs> certain concerts <laughs> okay. and the Southern Oregon Hip Fest. <laughs> It's really more of a spiritual journey than a recreational one. So in high school, you guys met, but you you were doing a bit of stand-up, but mm-hmm. you weren't doing stand-up. I wasn't doing... I was a band geek still in high school. Right. And a theater major. So, so then, but fancy. We, we had met again a few times. I think um, that we were... I, I don't know. I met I met you a number of times. Oh, and sure. Then, and then it was... you. Venn diagram style. Mm. Right? Our circles <laughs> would intersect. Intersect. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. And um, and then I would see you around doing comedy all the time. Yes. Well, then that w- we both kind of started doing comedy, right? Back at the old Holy City Zoo and the Rose and Thistle. Oh, the I Rose and Thistle. The, the Rose and Thistle. The that was the Rose and Thistle. Is that, that, is that where club. you did your first That was where spots? I did my first sets, yeah. Oh, uh, was above my parents' bookstore. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's, <laughs> um, that, that's where uh, their store was. So I was there all the time anyway. Was that on Geary? It was on Geary or It was on Polk Street. Polk. Polk in California. Yeah, there you go. And then, um, oh, that's right. By the grip stake. Yeah, right, right by the grub steak. And then... Because um, uh, I know my way around cities through the restaurants. I know. <laughs> Wherever the food is, that's how I know. You take oh, a that's left. by that Chinese place. Yeah. <laughs> right by Tommy's joint, just down the way by uh, exactly. grub steak. Grub steak right. is good. Oh, down the street from Crustacean. <laughs> yeah, right. And there's a fish and chips place. Down yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was rather... Down by, down by uh, Edinburgh Castle. Exactly. <laughs> down by the Edinburgh. But you were there, like, um, you you were always doing... I always saw you at the punchline, mostly, I think. That sure. was probably the, the, the place I saw you I played more. played the punchline a lot. Than uh, anywhere, yeah. That was my home club. Kind of still is my home club. I play, still I play yeah. the punchlines. In San Pretty Francisco? Pretty often, pretty regularly. And yeah. here, and, you'll and be... here. I'll be here uh, the end of December. Mm, New, doing shows. New Year's Eve week. Oh. Yes. See, yes. I really don't like to work that... I, I New Year's Eve, to me, is actually a very difficult time to work, I think. Uh, I like it. It's, you know, for me, it's one of those things like you get to dust off all those topical one-liners you had in January mm-hmm. that weren't any good anymore in June. But then you could be like, December, hey, remember when this happened? 
And what right. about when President <laughs> right. so-and-so did this? Exactly. You just dust them off. Well, sometimes you get a good crowd, but like New Year's Eve, like sometimes when you do that second show oh, and they, they know. Yeah. The best is I think I saw Bobby Slayton. It's like, look, look at Chachi. And then it's like, <laughs> yeah, don't hand out the noisemakers till after the comedy show on the yeah. New Year's Eve show. That's always <laughs> been my advice. In the beginning. Yeah, they hand them out in the beginning. Drunk. Yeah, I'm only doing the early. I'm not doing the late show this year, so that'll oh, be yeah? really nice. I'm just doing the early that's show. That's better. And that's the thing about New Year's Eve. Like, you can make decent comedy money because it's a New Year's Eve show, but yeah. then you also miss all the parties and shit. And so, like, I did 15, 16, 18, 19 New Year's Eves in a row, and then I finally got one off and then didn't know what to do. It was like kind of. Isn't it strange? Yeah. When, it's annoying, weird. When, when as a comic, you should be working. You and should you go, be working. I'm not. And then you go, why do I work on this night? It's right. You can go out and party and get drunk and mm-hmm. not even trip. Hallelujah! <laughs> screaming can, like Matt Lionel. I can Lionel sit in the audience with my, uh, with my noisemaker <laughs> and annoy the answer with somebody annoy, else. Annoy the band. All right. I go see bands and I yell, tell a joke. Mm-hmm. No. Somebody heckled me hard. with sing a song one time. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, just on the random. Sing us a song. The fuck? Just do it. Just do it. I did. No, mm-hmm. I, I probably. I don't know. Yes, and. Oh, maybe you can come on stage and sing a song with me at the very end. Sure. I'll teach you. All right. I'll, I'll teach you. Because I think um, Kate, I'm going to sing, I'm gonna sing two songs at the end, and um, our, our friend Kate Levering is going to come and join me on one of them, but maybe with the second one. I think um, it's easy. And then you can help get the audience involved. I'm down. Yes. I'm It'll be down. good. I was down here. It's creepy in this theater. Yeah, is this it creepy? Is like a, like it's so a, well lit, though. How creepy is it? There's something... But there's, there's no People relation died. to how light it no. is to how creepy it is. There's it's creepier in the dark, but there's all kinds of like catacombs and is, are there people buried in it? Are there? there? <laughs> it there's seems probably like an old it. speakeasy or some action from Something. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, the old Crest, Sacramento. The Crest the old, you can do the underground tour of Sacramento, kind of like Seattle. They'll take oh, yeah. you down under Old Sac to where <laughs> there was a flood, right? And oh, so yeah. they had to raise the parts of the city up. That's why a lot of the houses here have the high stairways. Oh, really? In case the shit floods. Now, Jesse has your tickets, by the way. That's oh, what she just you, said. Jessie. Our Good tour bro. manager. She's, and wonderful she's a beast. merchandise. Um, she's amazing. Diva and everything. Merch. That's where all the money is these days. It's all know. merch. It's pretty great. I'm out of merch, and so now I can't eat after my shows anymore. I have to order some more <laughs> merchandise. <laughs> what kind of merchandise do you have? Do you, have? Do you have t-shirts? I sell, sea, uh, I sell uh, mostly you CDs sell these days. Oh, yeah. I sell seashells by the seashore. <laughs> I used to carry, I used to sell the t-shirts, um, uh, movie popcorn style, right? Because my t-shirts would say, I've smoked weed with Ungayo. Oh, and cool. so I'd go into the parking oh. lot after the show and smoke a joint. And then everybody would come out and smoke weed with me. And they'd be like, you can commemorate this moment by buying oh, a T-shirt. that's great. <laughs> but then by that time, I'm stoned and I can't figure out what size is what. Right? Who wants the other but one? But if you're on the road, how do you carry the marijuana with you? Cake it with you? Or do you um, well, uh, on acquire the, it I'm mostly there? on the West Coast these days and nobody gives a shit. So yeah. that's easy. But I'm doing Arizona and New Mexico next month, and I'm kind of tripping off of it. Arizona uh, has a medical marijuana law, and mm-hmm. uh, from my studies, although they don't like to admit it, but somebody already beat them in court, your out-of-state letter of recommendation is good in Arizona. Oh, it is? Um, yes, it is. Uh, there's a court case that says that it's cool, because why not? Um, but New Mexico, I don't know. And, uh, and I'm driving this one. Usually I fly in and I just put weed in my pocket and get you know off what? the plane and nobody cares. But uh, driving these days is crazy, man. The cops don't give a shit anymore. Oh, really? 
they try to throw you in jail for just ridiculousness. I'm not going to Texas, so I'm not super tripping. Yeah, right. And it is. And, you know, I would just, like, call my friends and be like, yeah, man, I'm coming to Albuquerque. Just have some shit for me when I get there. But it's right. harvest season, and I want to bring some shit. Like, hey, man, oh, check yeah. this out. I got this from these guys. I got that from these guys. Because it's it's crazy right now. You've got, like, the, like the, the, the really, like, great stuff, right? Uh, well, I think yeah, post- I'm a chronosaur. <laughs> a chronosaur. I'm a chronosaur. We have kind tastings. Kind tasting. Mm, mm, Mendocino train wreck 2012. Mm, before the rains, <laughs> spicy and piney. Last year, um, I hosted the final night ever at the Purple Onion, and, and, and Gaio right. grandly came in and did a set. Grandly. And uh, he talked about playing golf. Yes. He did a whole set about playing golf. Not mm. a whole set, but he talked about that. It's in the act. And what did I say afterwards? I went up in there and I called him. I don't even remember. Tiger Weeds. Ah! Tiger Weeds. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good. I like wish. that. Tiger Weeds is good. I need I need a lot of nicknames like E40. He's Charlie Hustle, Bingo Long. I could be Tiger Weeds. Somebody called me Mr. Weed one time. She couldn't remember my name at some Mr. random Weed. show. Mr. She's Weed. like, I love your act. You're Mr. Weed. Mr. Like, Weed. That's a good one. You could be my sitcom. But Mr. Weed. <laughs> Come see Mr. Weed. But I mean, it's the like name again is Mr. Weed. When you get known as Mr. Weed, and you get, you know, people will bring you pot, and it becomes a very, um, you know, kind of a tribal thing. It's an offering. They do. They you do. Know? It's really nice. Uh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm not quite at Doug Benson levels of weed giftery. Well, I know. Remember when he used to not like weed and he didn't like stoners? I remember. I remember. remember? And he was really I like. Remember. I don't know why you guys are doing this. You know, he was really against it. I think it's affected him. Yeah. Because and I, and you know this story. I saw Doug. Ben- I've known Doug Benson since 1990. Sure. And I saw. We're him, all old, by yeah, the way. Yeah. Yeah. Ancient. I saw him this summer. I was on a plane in the seat in front of him. Yeah. I, I looked at him. I said, hey, man. And he goes, ah. And he had no idea who I was. Sure. Now, it could be that I'm just not important enough for him to talk to, which is, is a very good possibility. But I think he was just so baked. He was probably crazy baked if he was on a plane. And, and it was Denver. Right. And oh, he, he had yeah. no idea who I was. And also, sometimes it's hard... To place people in context when you see them somewhere else. If you're used to seeing someone at clubs mm-hmm. or something like that, and then you see them at the grocery store on the airplane, it takes a minute to be like, uh, what did I do? But you've <laughs> known him for 30 years, so you think he'd have figured it yeah, out. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I here's do. the thing, man. Uh, you know, I, we've all been on the road a long, long time, and some some young kid came up to me one time after a show. He's like, hey, guy, it was good to see you again. And I had no idea who he was, and he was kind of <laughs> mad. He's like, dude, we did a week in Montana together. I'm like, yeah, uh, did you have a gun in your car? No. Were you the guy <laughs> who made out with the chick who started crying and puking? No. Well, did, was there a story, or did we just do a week? Because I do a lot of weeks in Montana, man. Like, did some shit happen? Yeah. Right? Is there a recognizable, <laughs> what, what I know you from? It has to be one of the standout weeks. <laughs> it has to be something, because I don't even a, need a map. We did a number of Show, like shows not in Montana you and I did one with Matt Weinhold Fresno at, oh my god when we sang Paul Revere on the, on the ride down mm-hmm. driving down we did a show like at Fresno State or something that's right that was a long time ago me yeah. you and Matt Weinhold we did a, we've done a number of shows that was a fun show it, we've, done, we've done a few shows together not in a while yeah, quite we a did few. that one show out in the woods like at Camp La Honda that one time remember that one no no wait where was it oh I can't the, it's, it was like Camp La Honda which is the like uh, YMCA kids campground. Oh, okay. And I can't even. I bear. I just remember that part, and I don't remember anything else that happened. I, I, I mean, we've done so many shows, but I, I don't. I think we've done like the Bears Lair. We did the Bears Lair. Oh, yeah, we the did the Bears, Bears Lair. Lair at UC. The Berkeley. old tray for yeah. Yeah. UC Berkeley. Yeah, the Bears Lair. And a lot of stuff in the competition. Yeah, yeah. I came in ninth oh. one year and second one other year. Wow. Sure. 
Yeah. That's I'm great. Famous. The, the competitions are, I mean, they're hard. I, I always like did terribly. I would never, I never broke 35. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it's a weird competitions are a weird thing. You know, uh, uh, you get seven minutes the first week, which is just different. And mm-hmm. cats take it way too seriously sometimes. Although I'm probably guilty of that. Cause I have, uh-huh. I have a hyper competitive streak that I try to keep masked with weed and, and good naturedness. But I definitely like to win. Shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Uh, but there was a fun thing hanging out with a bunch of people. All if That's you go awesome. past the hey, we're all trying to win this. Yeah. There was some really cool hanging out hangs. with comics is yeah. all cool. And yeah. Barry Weintraub had a good point one year because he had made the finals in nineteen ninety two. In ninety one, he made it in ninety one, and then he went back and did it again in ninety two. Oh, and everybody okay. was like, "Dude, why are you doing it again? You just already proved yourself." And he's like, "What was the last time you were nervous before a show?" Hmm. It's a good question. Mm-hmm. Do you often get who gets nervous before shows anymore? I, I mean, unless know. it's like a gigantic show or right. TV or something crazy. But if you're just doing a show, show you're just like, oh yeah, time to go do the show. Mm-hmm. When was the competition? You're like, dude, I need to come in at least fourth place. <laughs> I got to. Who's that guy? Is in front of me? Am I following this guy? You get all fired up and start paying attention. What are the crowd like? Well, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. Well, it's not just going up and like penis. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's it's like you want to do well, and uh, you know, I think that that competition, it would just, I don't know, everybody was really good too. At, sure. that, at that point, you know, you're seeing people that were really great in San Francisco, um, and it's a trip. Like, <sighs> you know what always trips me out? That Mitch Mullaney is dead. That yeah. makes me think that is, that, that's like, what? He's like the most alive person, and he's so dead. Like, it's not terrible. Like, when I think about the competition, I think I about was... guys like that. I was uh, I was shocked when Mitch Mullaney died because I read him? about it in the paper. He was like forty three too. He's young, and it just like a diabetic heart attack or something crazy. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah so yeah, terrible. Yeah. And it was just weird. It kind of yeah, like yeah, like a lot of sometimes a guy will die. You'd be like, oh yeah, that guy was clearly. But like, I'm like surprised he lived Collins. this long. Christopher Collins Chris died Collins, too. He had also. the he had the um, the water on the brain. What's that called? Uh, um, uh, and encephalitis? No, meningitis. He had the meningitis. Oh. It is called encephalitis, but that wasn't the disease I was thinking of. He had the meningitis, and he had beat it, and then it came back and got him again. Oh, really? Yeah, that's yeah, a terrible yeah, yeah. thing. Chris Collins is one of the reasons I actually, because um, he won the competition. I came in ninth in the competition in 1990. I mean, him had become really good friends, and he won it. And that was back when, after you won the competition, you got a week in San Francisco. You headlined the next week, and then you headlined the next week in Walnut Creek. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so he had already had a bunch of like Dave Tribble one nighters mm-hmm. set up. And so he couldn't do them because he had just won the competition. So I was like, dude, I could do an hour. <laughs> Two years deep in the comedy game. I'm like, yeah, man, I'll headline your one nighter. And he's like, yeah, all right. So he put in a word for Dave. And that's how I started doing oh. comedy like full time. I went out for two weeks and. That's great. Stretched it out. That's how you learn how to that, do it. That's though. how you learn too. You get an yeah. hour. It's five nights a week, dude. And you have an hour to fill. And you better go up and do something. And I came back funnier. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. And full of confidence. Yeah. 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 yeah me and it was me and Franchi San Pedro was the opening act. No one remembers Franchi from way back no. in the day. Yeah. 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 No. And I he don't would know. he would end his set with a strip tease down to tassels he had tassels on his man boobs and he would spin them around and back and forth and do like a little thing and then all right i'm gonna bring up your headliner now <laughs> please welcome <laughs> Ungayo Bilam. that's funny <laughs> <laughs> isn't it amazing the stuff you've seen 
in all these years of doing stand up, the weird, the uh, weird acts, the weird things that people close on, the weird bits. It's the funny, it's the weird people. Yeah. Franchi was kind of funny too. I was like, because you know, uh, back when you do that, so it's, uh, uh, you do shows like Monday through Saturday, and then you would have Sunday and, or sorry, Tuesday through Saturday was usually how the tour was set up. So you do a different town, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you'd have Sunday and Monday off most of the time. And then you start some other run in some other state. And uh, I was all like, Franchi, we got Sunday and Monday off. You want to split a hotel room or something, try to save on some costs? He's like, nah, man, I'm just going to meet a girl with a washing machine and a fridge. And uh, I'll see you in a couple of days. <laughs> I was wow. like, well, that's a technique, I suppose. And he, and he came back. That's on what he did with, with clean, clean clothes. clothes. Clean clothes and a full belly. <laughs> clean clothes and a full belly. Smiling. That's great. And, and her too. Yeah, right. Well, not yeah, right. And her too. And she's in the car. This Nine is my new later. friend Amanda. Uh, um, that's cool. How much, but that's the thing, you know, at San Francisco, ever, people still move there to do comedy. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's such a legendary place. Yes. It's such a great scene. Yes. You guys were there from. from if not the very beginning, but what was it like having that much? Was it a lot of opportunity of stand up to yeah, do? Yeah, you could do a lot of sets, and you could always you could always go like if you had a car, you could always go to like one nighters all around. There was a ton of them. That uh, was the thing. It could do shows every day. You could work. You could work in your home bay area for decent money two, three months a year. You didn't have to go on the road all the time, right? There was the Sweet mm-hmm. River Saloons. There was that one place in Livermore whose name I can't remember. But there was, everybody had gigs. There was Foo Bars. There was Tommy T's, right? So you could work all of these spots. There were so many, yeah. So many spots that actually paid money, like mm-hmm. cash money. Yeah, if yeah. you could headline it, right? You work your way up to headliner. And it's just different now. I mean, there's still a lot of spots and a lot of shows, but it's... There's no you know, money. It's no six money. comics and they want to give you 50 bucks and some shit. And you're like, dude, I, you know, it cost me 50 bucks just to drive down here. What Man, was, so that's why you got to sell merchandise. Mm-hmm. What was the scene like? Who was who was sort of big around that time? That, who was there? People that you guys looked up to? Warren Thomas. Yeah, Warren. Bobcat oh, he was funny. LA. Um, he's so yeah, funny. He's also dead. Warren Thomas. He's also dead. also dead. That that's, so freaks me well, out. That he's that's dead. the show. Know, that's right? the show we're doing right now. Welcome to Who's Dead in right. comedy. Well, it's really sad. He was really the funniest. I mean, he just the off the cuff, really funny. King of the riffing. Yeah, yeah, just ridiculous. He, he was hilarious. Um, he was hilarious. Where did he come from? Where was he from? He was he like went a, to college in Idaho, but I don't know where he grew up. It, the San Francisco is a place where uh, somebody would just show up. You know what I mean? Right. Somebody mm-hmm. would show up, and everybody would be like, "Who is?" You know, it's, it's still like even it's still like, well, I, I remember know, when Patton and uh, and Blaine just showed up. I, one I was here. I was in town. Right? That's when I met you when Boston Blaine was first in town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, yeah those guys showed up and. Uh, there are a couple other cats and guys would come. They down. had, and then Brian was living with Brian them. Pusain, Brian Pusain, roommate. Um, we lived, that's lived together right. on Bush Street, twenty six seventy six Bush number four, the <gasps> toy box. Wow! All right, me that's and right. back when I was married, me and it was me and Dina and Brian all wow. living in that same house. Wow! Yeah. Ever, that's the thing. Nineteen ninety. Round around there. Round around in there. Everybody in San Francisco, comics all sort of roomed at some point with someone. Everybody crashed. Sure. Well, I was San living Francisco. across from the Holy City Zoo with Kennedy Cavasares. Ken Cavasares. How's he Ken. doing? He is great. He is now is he a Mr. aerialist. He's yeah. a, he's an aerialist. And then um, he, I, I went to his school and he taught me some things. But he goes to such an advanced aerialist school, they don't have a net. No. So if you fall, you fall, you're dead. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's... It sharpens it's the mind. Really, you get so good because you don't want to die. Like, it's really scary. <laughs> it's really, really It's kind of like comedy. So that's why he just, he's just kind of... It's the same drug. Yes. Right? It's just a different method. 
but he was always very, very physical. And so he was, he, he was. Really? Uh, I was, I Ken was never guy. physical with me. No, no, but, but I mean, like a ballet dancer. <laughs> He's always had that like perfect musculature where he could really like fly. Kennedy Cabasaris. You're yeah. taking me back to the days of Lankin Earl. Oh, well, I, I, those guys I see a lot. I had, a, uh, I, I had pieces of pie not too long ago with both of them. With nice. Jim at and the same time? Barry, yes, at the same time. Actually, um, Jim and I shared one, and Barry ate a whole one, and, and then Jim and I just judged him. across <laughs> 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 my what, life. Where was I can't the believe pie? you're going to eat it. Whole thing. Uh, it was a bright, bright spot in uh, L.A. Oh, nice. It was good. It was this really good. The bright spot, spot. So, Milk has so good funny. pie in L.A. Mm. Milk, you know that place? No, mm-hmm. I don't know. Good pie, good pancake. I don't know if they still do the pancakes, but they do cakes and pies and shit. That sounds mm. good. They're really good. Milkshakes, ice cream. They're called milk. Milk. I have to look that up. But um, a Greg Proops was always somebody that we wanted to see. All the time. Um, Paula Poundstone. But Proops was very important. Me, Greg, and Brian Pusain all did the Crow's Nest together. Crow's, oh, Crow's Nest God, and Santa damn. Cruz. Santa what Cruz. That's a terrible that's, gig. It's a good show. Uh, I've never had any problems those with that were, those, th- That's a great show, but that's a, those, those gigs are really hard. That gig was always a challenge because it was started at 9 o'clock, but everybody would show up and start drinking at 7. So it's a packed room, right. but they're all really drunk. Yeah. Right, and so it can be kind of a challenge. But we were driving down there smoking a joint, and Greg was like, dude, I'm going to get you so high, you're going to sing the last, half, the last half of your set. And I was the feature. And sure enough, 20 minutes into it, I'm all like, you know, I'm just a bill. <laughs> sing, everybody sing with me. <laughs> That's everybody's goal, is to get you to sing. Yeah, that was the goal. Mm-hmm. I was going, you guys ever play any of those games? Like, I remember one time, me, Wiley, and I think it was Teresa Holcomb. Yeah, yeah, Did Teresa. the uh, Crazy Horse in Chico. Chico. And you the and thing I did was, that once. we gave everybody a word, just like some random word that you had to work in your act, like mm-hmm. oh, Waterloo yeah, yeah. or you know <laughs> Jehoshaphat or just some some word, transubstantiation. You just got to work that word in your act two times, mm-hmm. right? Just to that's fun for though. some shit to do. Yeah, yeah and we yeah, would yeah. do it. Oh yeah, things like that. I yeah. think I've, I've I feel like I've driven to Chico with you before too. We probably did Chico. Chico was far, not Chico just the far. university, but the that 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 gig there. It's like three and a half hours, but we go. It's two and, and a half, three back. and a half hours, and then you come back. So far. So far. It didn't even seem like that far. No. Dude, I'm working. No. See, the money was good. $200 just to go way further in 1993. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it did <Yeah>. in 2013. <laughs> He's like, dude, I'm coming back with cash. And then just to drive, I mean, the, so much of it was about just driving. If, if you had a car, you could kind of do anything. Uh, you know, you could get gigs just because you had a car. Just because you had a car. But that's how I wrote. That's right. That's yeah. how I still write, though. I can't. Like a lot of cats, I did a week one time with Don McMillan up in, in Seattle. And he'd be like, okay, I'm going to go write some jokes. And he'd go off to the coffee shop and write jokes. I'd be like, dude, how do you do that? It didn't even occur to me that Don you could sit and think about jokes. Don McMillions. Yeah, Don right? Don McMillan is really funny. Oh, he's, he's hilarious. He's but really some people funny. have that discipline. They sit down and they'll write. Yeah. They'll write this no. stuff. Yeah. I got to get in the car and have a bunch of gigs in a row. And be just tired of my act and just yeah. be working on stage constantly all the time. Like, you know. Uh, I need probably a couple of weeks. It's like the first week, I just go through all my jokes and remember all these old jokes that I forgot, and then I'll come mm-hmm. back and see if there's something I can update. And then by that, by that, by the end of that week, it's just doing shows constantly. I'm kind of tired of my jokes. I'm like, maybe it's time to write some new jokes. And then I just start working on new shit like that. But it's hard for me. I admire people who can just sit down and think of funny things. I don't know how you sit down and make it just happen. I mean, sometimes yeah, like when you want to write, like, you know, if you have an assignment, if you're writing like a topical thing, you sure. sit down like, oh, I got to write this joke. Or right, I try right, to right, like right. write tweets and status yeah, things yeah, yeah, to yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, like just to, to, to exercise that muscle. But right, right, to right. write bits that you take to the stage, to me, it's like 
something will spur an idea, but I gotta I gotta take it on stage and, and work it out. Maybe notes and written mm-hmm. humor mm-hmm. is different mm-hmm. than spoken humor. Though. Yeah, it is it's, different because uh, you know when you look at it on the page, it reads a different way. Yeah, people laugh a different way from reading it than from when you hear it spoken because yeah. it's different because yeah. sometimes it doesn't even seem like a punchline but the way you say it or the way you mm-hmm. stand afterwards or the face you make while you're doing yeah. it Dennis Wolfberg style lets everybody <laughs> know he's dead too that delivery <laughs> he, he is dead he's getting dead people into it he died Aww. a long time ago didn't he dead? die? He died a long, long time ago. I um I almost moved to San Francisco in '93 because mm-hmm. I was Mitch Hedberg's roommate. There we go, another day. There you person. go. Yeah. Me and Mitch Poor did a Mitch. week. We did a week in Montana one time, and I got so stoned with him, I thought I had a heart attack and actually had to go to the emergency. Oh room. my Shit. god! Like, I was like, your heart's as strong as an ox. It's just your weed is fucked up. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but then by the end of that week, that guy talked slow. By the end of that week, I was talking so slow on stage. Like it's not like he picked up my rhythm. I just picked up he, his. I'm like, let's hear it. For Mitch, <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He was, he was awesome. great. I used to, but I still do too. <laughs> or I still do, but I used to too. That's the joke, right? Yeah, I used he, to do a lot of drugs. He's like the Kurt, I still he's do. Sort, he's sort of like the, the he's kind of the Kurt, Kurt Cobain. Cobain of comedy. Except it wasn't a shotgun. No, but no, no. but it's like he no. he has that that Metaphoric iconic the grunge, the grunge Met, of comedy. You know, the, the iconic feel of like you know somebody who's really just so influential a lot of the young kids are super influenced by mitch hedberg you see mm-hmm. the young kids on stage at the open mics were and all you're like those guys like mitch hedberg yeah mm-hmm. you can obvious. always tell you can always tell and yeah. he himself a bit uncomfortable with whatever it was that he i'm mm-hmm. sure he didn't even really was. know how he did it it was almost like you know you don't thump a free melon or look a gift horse in the mouth yeah right it, it was just super that guy was just kind of funny and smooth. Yeah. And slow. Who were the slowest slowest talking comics? There was Mitch Hedberg, maybe Ron Schock. He didn't talk very Ron. fast. Also dead. Another also dead. dead. Poor guy. Uh, Franklin Ajay, he's still alive. Oh, Franklin. Yeah, very he funny, was very but slow pace. Very so. funny, but slow pace. Just Franklin like taking would tell his time. a story that was like a half hour. He had a bit on the People's Court. Longer than a People's Court episode. Yeah, right. Man, he was hilarious. really funny. The guy back there with the trumpet. <laughs> 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 he would just play out every bit of it. It was great. right, right, right. I know. Right. I know when he was working in Dallas one time at the Improv, and Robert Hawkins and I were there, and he and he leaned over and a joint slipped out of his pocket. Of course it did. Of course it did. And he just went. Let me pick that up. Ron Shock would take a walk 15 minutes before a set. He'd be like, let me know when the feature's got 15 minutes left. Oh, he's got 15 minutes left. Then he'd just go walk around the building and come back smelling good, oh. feeling funny. Ron you know what I'm saying? Ron Schock was he a was huge great. influence on my, on my yeah. career. He was great. Well, Ron, in that same club in Dallas, because that's where I started, and, and Robert Hawkins as well, a good friend of mine. Hawkins? Another guy yes, who came indeed, to San Francisco. Talking. Ron was on stage, and the checks were out, and nobody was paying attention. He said, uh, I'm going to go out and have me a smoke, and you fuckers figure out this shit. And, uh, he literally went outside, had a cigarette, and he walked back and he walked by the table and he looked at me and Hawkins and he, and he said, watch me get him back. And he did. He just walked on stage and yeah. got him back. Oh, man, that guy. He was uh, but it was part, But you don't, it's like you can't really do that anymore because the no. attention span of audience yeah. is such like, where did he go? Yeah. Is he going? Oh, is is he sh- oh can we go to now? You know? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. also, that's, I mean, that happened, well, this is not, not kind of the same thing. I was doing, a, this is years ago. I was doing some one-nighter in... Series? No. 
What's the other one? It's, it starts with a G. It's not Galt. It's a small town. Gustine. Gustine, California, down oh, by yeah. Modesto or whatnot. It's a random one-nighter. Mm-hmm. And I'd already been on stage like an hour and 15 minutes. But I was killing them because they're star for entertainment out there. Right. And I was like, okay, you guys, I'm going to go. And they're like, no, no, don't go. I'm like, but I really have to pee. I've had to pee since I got on stage. I'm like, well, just go pee and come back. Like, all right. We'll take a break. <laughs> we'll take a break. And I came back and did like another 15 to 20 minutes. It was awesome. I felt like a rock star. That's cool. Sure. Well, you're going to feel like a rock star tonight. I think we should stop I? because I want to sing. I want to. I want you to sing the song with me, so I have okay. to teach it to you. All right. And we've got to rehearse with Katie Kate in a minute. Okay. But um, where can people tweet you at? Uh, you can find me at Ungayo N G A I O four two zero Ungayo four twenty because there are four hundred and nineteen other Ungayos <laughs> in the world. That's what I told my mom. Ah. Uh, and that's also the website Ungayo four twenty dot com. Oh, cool. <clears throat> and you can read my column in the Sacramento News and Review. Uh, awesome. Because I'm the weed guy up here. That's awesome. And then uh, you can see me in New Mexico and Arizona in November. Come All on right. out. People have to come see you. That's great. Yeah, people have to come see you. They have You're to. The best. You tell them because Margaret said, Margaret and Jim said you have to come and see you. And is so. the best. And um, you can tweet me at Margaret Show. Where can they tweet you, Jim? At Jimmy Shelter. Jimmy well, you Shelter. Can, you can it's ju- just a <laughs> shout away. It's just, just a shout away. away. You can tweet um, all of us at Monsters of Talk. We are every Monday on SoundCloud.com, and we can be subscribed to at iTunes. Um, we love our listeners. And thank you, Ungayo. Thank you, Margaret and Jimmy. And uh, we will talk to you next time. <laughs>